Hello America. Well, here we are for the Daily Answer. Your host, Mark Dunnigan. And in this particular episode, I want to talk about something that uh, I guess I'm involved in the story. Mark and the Thunder Egg. I was out running errands a while back and my wife texted me. And the text read, there's serious noise whistling going on in the office right now. Well, my first instinct was to go into my head to the worst possible scenario. Serious whistling noise in the office? Is the AC going out? Am I looking like at an air conditioning repair bill or a complete new unit, an $8,000 bill? Then I looked at the text again, and more carefully this time, after the phrase in the office right now, there were a number of little cartoon kitty heads. Oh, the serious whistling noise was Bella the cat snoring on the couch. Whew, man, dodged a bullet. Yet my first reaction to that text, <gasps> probably cost me at least a day of my life. <laughs> Yet that story reminded me of one probably decades now previously. At our home in Oregon, we had white carpet. And along the way, and I think it was a preacher friend of mine, he had given me a thunder egg that he had cut in half. I think most people know about thunder eggs. The Native Americans in Oregon called them thunder eggs because they believed in their lore that the thundering spirits threw them at each other. They, well, they would vary in size from very small to the size of a baseball or a softball, were very bumpy on the outside, kind of a grayish color, but it was what was inside. And you really never knew what you had. And so people would go out and collect these thunder eggs and, and you could, I mean, they, they were round and bumpy. And so you pretty much knew the difference between that and a regular rock. That's a thunder egg. And then you would take it home or take it to someone who had a rock saw and they would cut it in half. And the inside might be nothing. Might be a little bit hollow little bit of design and there were other signs that you would other times that you would cut it open polish it up and it was just this amazing spectacle of quartz on the inside well i had one of those and it was cut in half so you had two halves well i come into the room and it was a busy day i think it was in the evening probably been busy busy doing a lot of stuff cleaning up stuff, taking care of business, long day. On that white carpet, and I think the kids had been out playing or something like that, but on the white carpet, there was that thunder egg face down in the carpet. Well, it looked like a pile of, looked like a pile of something disgusting, a whole lot of something disgusting had just come out of the front end or the back end of our cat. And my first impression the place I went in my head first was, oh no, 
not that. Well, Cindy comes in because, you know, oh, no, not that. Your spouse, that comes out of their mouth and you're not in that room. You go in the room, check out what is it? Well, she saw what I saw and she also saw what I thought it was or she knew what I thought it was and she started laughing. And I think we both did. And that's kind of one of the stories in the family lore that is now part of who we are. Maybe you live long enough and enough things go sideways that you start going to the worst case scenario in your head. Live long enough, your transmission does go out. And it might go out a couple of times. I had a Dodge Caravan, three transmissions. Now, some of that's on me. I should have sold it. (laughs) Should have sold it after the first one. You're the one in the accident. Uh, Your furnace dies during a snowstorm like mine did years ago. Or your air conditioning goes out on the hottest day of the year. The repairman shows up to your house and he says, oh, you have one of those. Or, now why did they do that? Or, you're the one late at night out on some country road with a flat tire at 10 o'clock. Or, you go in, you have some kind of odd results come back on a test and the doctor says, well, don't worry, chances of you having This could be a number of things, and the people that actually have this and end up with something really, really bad are a very small percentage of people, so you don't have anything really to worry about, and yet you're one of those small percentage of people. You live long enough, and you live long enough, and you fall into the 1%, half a percent category on something. Yeah, you are... You have the thing that hardly anybody has. And I think that happens to all of us. A while back, I think a repair person said to me something like, I've got some bad news for you and more bad news. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. Sadly, we often forget about all the things which have gone right in our lives, all the disasters we avoided, all the times when the best case scenario arrived. At times, we don't keep good track of those memories. Now, some of that is, honestly, there are times that we don't know that we did avoid a disaster. You know, man, you get to heaven, and what if God said, hey, let me sit you down and show you all your narrow escapes that you never knew you know the uh the accident that you avoided by a minute um the the intruder who chose not to choose your house that night for some reason um you know how how close how close it was that maybe certain cells in your body or whatever were going to develop in the cancer but that did not happen. All the, um, or how close you were to Ebola or some sort of really flesh eating disease, you know, like, you know, that 10 feet away from you or whatever. I mean, there are probably many disasters, many worst case scenarios that all of us have avoided. 
and we don't even know it. Might be a good idea to sit down sometimes and make a list of all the things that have gone right in your life. I think that would be a good, profitable, edifying, informative exercise just to make the list. And, and for many of you listening in America, it would be, I was born, I was born in America. I mean, people now have these categories of privilege, but man, anyone born in the West, Anyone born in the West, or how about this? How about someone born in the 21st century with modern technology and modern medicine? I think that puts you in the privileged category. Not only that, but how many people are not born, never given a chance to live? How many miscarriages happen every year? How about the very fact that you were born and survived? And how about just being born with a healthy mind and a healthy body? That definitely puts you in a blessed category. Maybe instead of saying privilege, we should say blessed. Because it matters what you do with it. It matters what you do with it. There, there are people that are born into situations that they have opportunities. And they blow those opportunities. So it's a lot more what you do with it. Just just being born in a situation or in a family does, does not mean you make good use of that situation. But let's walk through this a little bit more. If we want to talk about the things that have gone right in our life, for those of you that are Christians, what about that the truth came to you? And I'm not talking religion came your way. I'm talking about the gospel. The true gospel came your way. The gospel, the gospel that Paul preached, Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9. You heard the truth. You, you, someone that really knew what the Bible said came your way. And they gave you the correct plan of salvation, not some denominational human, just believe Jesus is in your heart and you're good to go. Say the sinner's prayer and you're good to go, but no. Hear the gospel, believe it, repent, confess, and be baptized. I mean, that really has scripture behind it. Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Or Acts 2, 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. First Peter 3, 21, baptism now saves you. Yeah, the correct plan of salvation, God's plan of salvation. The gospel that Paul and the other apostles taught. That comes your way, and you obey it, and upon your baptism, you were added to the church that Jesus established, not a denomination, not some human religion, but actually the church that you can read about in the Bible, Acts 2, 41 and 47, the church that Jesus is head over, the church that is his bride, true New Testament Christianity, that came your way. That by itself, that by itself makes up for whatever has gone wrong or not perfect along the way. Interesting Paul's perspective on this. And I think of the passage in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He, he, he's in prison. Man, that's not a good thing. And yet Paul said, you know, a lot of good has come out of this imprisonment. This has actually turned out to really be a bonus 
for the spread of the gospel. Now, I want you to know, brethren, Philippians 1.12, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. And that's a man in prison. And what he says is, as a result of being in prison, yeah, he's a prisoner, but the people keeping him are a captive audience. The soldiers that are assigned to guard him throughout the day and night are a captive audience. And it's as a result, he's been able to convert them. And as a result, a number of soldiers have been converted. And even going as far as to Caesar's household, people have been converted. It, it's almost like Paul shows up in Rome as a prisoner. And unbelievers are saying, we got him. We got him. But he's like a Trojan horse. <laughs> he's like a Trojan horse that shows up in Rome. And, uh-oh, this guy's converting people. Not only that, but he's in the heart of the empire now. He's having an impact reaching even in the Caesar's household. That's the type of impact he's having. And again, I don't think it's true just in that situation. I think, I think there are a number of areas that we could say, you know, I didn't think it would. I thought it was a bad thing. But wow, a lot of good has come out of this. I think of the same writer in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 18, where Paul says that, I consider the sufferings of this present time, and, and he suffered, he suffered a lot. He suffered a whole lot more than you and I have suffered and what a lot of other people in the world have suffered too. If you want to read kind of a list of things he suffered and read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 on that on that point. But he said, those sufferings are not compared, they're not worthy to be compared with future glory or the reward in the next life. James chapter one, James talks about that uh, in our trials rejoice because they, we could, because we can allow that trial to produce endurance and patience. And that brings us back to the point of it's not really what happens to you because bad things happen to everybody. But it's what you do with it. You make good use of your pain. And in that sense, you can, you can take something that for an unbeliever would result in, I guess you might say, a worst case scenario. It really eats at them. It really gets in there and destroys them. And a believer, you can take the same event and allow it to make you stronger. And all of a sudden, what people would say was a curse, worst case scenario, is actually a blessing. In fact, one writer made that point. Anything, anything that moves you away from God, even if it's like comfort or a good thing, is a curse. And anything that you use to move you closer to God, that's a blessing. And nobody, nobody can take that from you in the sense that you're the one, you're the one who determines how you're going to react to any given situation. You make that determination. So, I mean, I, I like there's a passage back in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 that says time and chance happens to everybody. 
So everyone has the trend. Everyone eventually does need to replace the transmission. If your dryer went out today, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't think you're being picked on. Everyone, everyone does that. You know, you're not the only one that ever had to buy a dryer, <laughs> okay, or another one. So I guess just keep that in mind that when bad things happen, you're not being picked on. And be careful about going to the worst case scenario in your head. Oh, no, not that. Rather, uh, think outside the box. Great things can come out of what looks like initially a discouraging situation. You can be the hero. You can often turn something like a flat tire at night, an unexpected bill or expense, a repair, and all sorts of things. By the way you handle it, you can turn that into you can turn that into a best case scenario. That's what a hero does. That's what a person of faith does. And so go out and be the hero today. And when something unexpected shows up, act like a Christian and demonstrate to your family, your wife and your kids or your husband and your brethren and people watching you, I'm going to turn this into a best case scenario. Until next time, this is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer.